Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Perfect stuff. Right. Okay, everyone. Uh, as per usual, Scott Tailford loves to do his jump start uh, style of UBP intro. So I will do the same. Hello and welcome to the UBP, the UBP, the UP3. That's right, because I am not alone. It's not just a bold man sitting in his uh, weird sort of garage slash office space talking to himself. No, I'm joined by the one and only the inimitable Sai. Inimitable? What a word. No, yeah, I'll take I'm- that. I'm hitting it hard because of the fact I go downhill from here when it comes to my verbiage. And we have got the lovely, the super salacious boy himself, Josh Brown. Oh, I love me a little bit of alliteration. And I love me a little bit of UB3, so hello, you two. Oh, the best part is, is that we all get to be together to answer the burning questions that our lovely public has submitted to us over on the social medias. And now we get to balance the crazy love of Resident Evil that Sai brings to the table and the, let's just face it, the waffle that I also bring to the table with actual knowledge and facts and gaming <laughs> journalism. Yay! <laughs> Josh, be very generous. Be no very generous this morning, Jules. What's gotten into you? Oh, like I say, I've had a few coffees. I'm, I'm stressed to the gills. So let's go. <laughs> let's kick things off. With uh, Mark O'Brien over on Twitter, who says, as a Q1 review, what was your game, your album, and your wrestling match of the quarter? Now, that is a big hitter. Take that breath in. Ooh, that's a lot to digest with that. Oh, man. That's a great question, by the way. I mm, love, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love and as, as we all know, we work for whatculture.com. We all love lists. I love listing things. I love reducing my interests down to you know what's the top five of the year so far what's the top 10 of the year in general so i love answering questions like this for me and i think we might all share this actually my game of the year so far and i've finally played it is resident (laughs) evil 4 oh i thought you were gonna say forespoken oh well that's that's second Uh, that's second i told you we're doing a list right we're doing a list Uh, (laughs) no resident evil 4 uh, uh listening to you two talk about that game got me immeasurably excited the original one of my favorite games of all time had high expectations for it smashed it out of the park absolutely loving it really? going through it very slowly i think i told you two the other day you know i'm 20 mm. hours in and only at the the minecart bit so i still got a little ways to go i feel like i'm going through it very methodically but my big question is how have you spent 20 hours getting there what are you doing <laughs> like, like well, you're just going around just like looking at individual rocks or are you collating more list content by looking over every nook and cranny for secrets 10 I... best rocks in resident exactly <laughs> can we do a you won't believe this light shader <laughs> yeah you're literally well this is the thing right i'm an absolute freak so i've been doing a lot of experimenting with the game you know turning hair strands on and off turning uh, the ray tracing on and off, going from frame yeah. rate to quality mode, HDR on, HDR off, all of that lovely stuff. But the, the biggest time waster, I suppose, is I'm playing it first time through on hardcore, which for me oh, is right. yeah. is very hardcore. And I'm yeah. needing every little bit of health that I can get. So I'm being very methodical in going through combat encounters and I'm dying a lot. The game is really hard. So I'm replaying a lot of uh, things uh, yeah. And I'm trying to get as much treasure as possible to level up all of these weapons so I can actually take out these enemies when they try to chomp my face off. 
I feel like it's actually like essential to find the treasures in the hardcore run if it's your first go, because the difficulty spike, there's actually a significant step up in challenge the moment that you reach the castle. I noticed that in the village sections of the playthrough, that is as easy as pie. The enemies just don't seem as like aggressive. They do mm. much less damage. And every single encounter is done in kind of like open-esque spaces. So you've always got a bit of flexibility to run around. But as soon as you hit that castle, the damage scaling just rockets up. There's been a few instances where I've had full body armor walking through this place, taking two hits from these absolute chumps, and then I've just been like, oh, I'm nearly dead. That whole... Because I, I don't know if you guys have seen that I've been streaming it. I have went over through my New Game Plus, and I've got... I had seven or eight full red and green healing herbs. And by the time I got to the main bit of the castle where Ashley's turning that crank, crank at Soldier Boy, to get the little platforms up... I am down to two, and I, I've been pretty careful with a few of my things. I've just taken an absolute walloping from this game. Well, I don't know how you found it, Sai, but when the difficulty suggested that I play I was just going to mention that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like, if you've played Resident Evil 4 before, played on hardcore, and I've played Resident Evil 4 a lot of times, and I feel like I'm quite decent at that game now, but then I got my ass kicked in the first combat <laughs> encounter, the first village area that you were talking about there, Jules, where Mr. Salvador with his chainsaw comes out. I must have died like three, four, maybe even five times in that area. But that was yeah. good, because I've done that... You know, we've all played that opening section so many times. You kind of know it inside out. So that was really refreshing for me that I couldn't just breeze through it. And I knew that I was going to get a slightly different challenge with this game, which has made it more refreshing in a way that, and I love the Dead Space remake. But even though I only played that game once back at launch, I, I kind of felt like I already knew it off the back of my hand. I knew mm. the mechanics as soon as I jumped in and I could kind of breeze through that game. I still loved it, of course, but this kind of presented me with that new challenge right from the go. And I've been really relishing that because it does feel like a different experiential kind of combat system and, you know, just time with it, which is a lot of fun. Mm. I yeah. would say that, uh, like, Sai and I probably echo this and that it is our game of the year already so far. <laughs> it's going to be tough to beat. I bet, Sai, you've been going through... Uh, you've went through multiple times, haven't you? Now you're on I'm your on, professional run I'm again? On, yes, I'm on playthrough six or something now. That's <laughs> 70 hours into the game. I'm getting to the point now where I think I might have probably had my fill, admittedly, but... No, but then Mercenaries mode's just around the corner. So well, that is true. It's literally out. When I thought I was out, they just keep dragging it's me back in. literally out today as this episode Yay. goes out. So, yes, actually, in fact, so I'll, I'm right back in. So, uh, yeah, like, the difficulty thing is definitely a factor. Like, I'm glad that you're appreciating the sort of increased challenge of it, Josh, because I read that thing where it was like, this is, if you've played Resident Evil 4 before, go hardcore. And I was like, that's incredibly sus. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing that. Not doing that. And I still got my face kicked in on standard mode so uh yeah it's it's, it's yeah it's a tough game for sure for sure i wonder rewarding still... so oh yeah definitely rewarding i wonder if it's still got the adaptive difficulty because that was a thing that was uncovered a while back wasn't it that uh resident evil 4 had this thing where the closer you ran to enemies the more aggressive they'd be or the longer you went without using healing items it would adapt mm. the difficulty and scale up with like a minor uh, an invisible multiplier and i wonder if the same is true of this game i wonder if they've actually applied I that i think that's the case uh but when you play on professional since there's no auto save you're pretty much capped off at the hardest possible mm. um adaptive difficulty sort of marker so i think it's in there but i don't know that for certain it's been a great run to be fair i'm going through professional at the moment but i'm doing it with like i say all my new game plus items and i've maxed out the starting pistol the starting shotgun and the starting rifle so i'm just walking through there just like the first section i was like the, you know when the Be the bella sisters come along and they've got like the uh the, mm. the chainsaws i just w went up to them, it was like eh, eh, here we go then one to the head two to the head three to the head and you're down <laughs> just like, yeah <laughs> well i felt it felt pretty op at that point <laughs> this is an interesting thing because i love this about the game but it has you know quote unquote wasted a lot of time where in the old games where i would get a new weapon from the merchant you know mm -hmm. they, he would offer me a new shotgun or whatever i would take it because i'm like oh it's a new gun it's got more damage in some cases let's yeah. go all in on that and see how that works playing it through this time i'm really stressing out over whether or not to swap my guns out and i'm mm. going i'm literally stopping for 20 30 minutes at a time googling the reddit for should i swap the riot gun for the striker and then yeah. having an existential crisis and reloading saves because i didn't like the way it handled and the spread was too much but i like that i it makes it the experience more tense it, it, the fact that i'm thinking about my resources in that way is what i want out of mm. a resident evil game and i'm just so pleased they managed to retain that aspect 
of Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4 because they could have streamlined it so much. Uh, one mm. of my favorite parts about the original game is just managing your inventory, managing your suitcase, oh. you know, moving things around. And it's that spirit that I really like. Maybe that makes me an absolute nerd, but uh, I dig that that's no. still in the game to an extent. I totally agree with you. However, I'm so glad that the new game added in the click in the right thumb or the left thumbstick or press a button to auto sort because, oh man, the amount of times that I'd be like, no, my eggs don't go over that side of the case. They go over here, but I've got to move the shotgun to make place. Could you imagine Leon in the middle of battle just cracking open the attache case and he's just like, give me a minute. I need to sort out my eggs. <laughs> it's like that bit in Shaun of the Dead where they're looking through the uh, vinyl records to throw at the zombies. Leon's like, hold on. Like, <laughs> Wait a second. Exactly that. A friend of mine, October, did an amazing comic that's literally just as you described, but all the Ganados are kind of gathered around Leon going, what are you doing? That doesn't go there. Why would you move the handgun? (laughs) Brilliant stuff. But I guess we should address the other part of uh, Mark's question as well, because they say that it's their favourite game favorite album and wrestling match of the quarter now i do feel this is three questions in one this is a lengthy a girthy beast indeed uh album of the year for me at the moment is eve's tumor um newest one is very good uh mainly because of the fact that my girlfriend kerry will not stop singing lovely sewer it is oh a mind worm indeed (laughs) it has taken over our lives we just pass each other on the stairs Lovely sewer, lovely sewer, lovely sewer. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed, friend. I need to get to this, Jules, because I feel like, I don't know what you you two think about this, but I, I, I feel like this year has been such a good year for albums so far. Mm. You know, in the past two weeks alone, I feel like I've had four album of the year contenders and it's been like a, overwhelming in a good way, but there's so much that I've still um, yet to get to because I, my listening habits kind of changed over the last few years. I used to have a handful of artists that I would obsess over and listen to their albums over and over again until I knew every single word, every single chord. But recently, I've been trying to branch out more, but that means I spend less quality time with the albums. So I'm trying Mm. to find a balance this year of like not just consuming everything and having some of it bounce off, but being able to spend some time with a specific album and kind of get to know it. Because I love that feeling when you come back to an album after a little while, whether it's like six months or a year, and you get that, I have no idea what, there's probably a word for it, but you get that sort of, not sense of nostalgia, but it puts you in the space of where you were when you first listened to it. You kind of Mm. can smell the smells of the time. You feel the feelings of the time or whatever. And I like making those imprints, I guess you would refer to it as. I'm trying to do that this year. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you go, uh, like I listen to a lot of music when I'm at the gym doing running stuff, and there's certain times where I can listen to an album for maybe three weeks on repeat, nothing else, only that album, and I will have this almost like daydream fantasy where I will not be present and I'll be escapist within the music. But then there'll be one day and I cannot tell why, that will just change. And I was like, I've had enough of that. And I need to find something else. And I hate it when that day happens because I'm like, I've officially overplayed this thing. But recently, uh, there's been a few albums that I've just been able to, like you say, because there've been so many good drops, I've been able to hop between them to make sure that I don't overplay a single album all the way. Like, um, didn't Fallout Boy just drop a new like secret album, effectively? Yeah, like another one that Is I've it any not good? I haven't listened to it, actually. Scott Telford really likes it. That's all I know. Scott Telford likes everything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true, but I know he really likes this. He had it on The Office the day before he went to Japan, so that's the only time I've actually Amazing. heard it. But I, 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 can't, I enjoyed it. I, I'm an, I'm an a rela- no, elapsed Fallout Boy fan, so I'm going to get to it at some point. Fair enough. Si, what's your album of the year so far? Uh, I'm actually... Uh... <sighs> Josh, what you're saying, I feel that so hard. Like, I'm now at the other end of the spectrum where I've just, like, have gone back to having a few things that I will listen to religiously, and there is a lot still waiting for me for the year. That being said, as also a shout-out to Scott, my album of the year so far is Periphery. Periphery Ooh. 5. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't massively keen on the last couple of records, I must admit. The songs just didn't land with me, but something about this one really has... Also, it especially helps that the final track is a sort of ode to Final Fantasy VII, which I appreciate as well. (laughs) But yeah, that's a big return to form for me. I do love it when um, you find out that all of your favourite music artists are absolute geeks. Absolute nerds. (laughs) Yes, you're one of us. If I could your, uh, jump in, yeah, I've got two. Yeah. I've got two. If I, if you'll permit okay. me, one is the new Lana Del Rey album, which I absolutely love. Mm. That's like so rich, and I play that at home to kind of relax. I think it's a big album. It's just like an hour and twenty minutes, so it demands a wow. lot of your time. But I keep finding a new track every time I listen to it. But one that surprised me, and one that actually is my album of the year so far, is the new One Hundred Gex uh, album, <laughs> Ten Thousand oh, no. Gex. Really? This thing. <laughs> 
honestly rocked my world. I listened to this for the first time, and it's so rare that on a first listen, I know something is going to kind of just take over my life. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit for music to sink in for me. Nah, this one, first listen. (laughs) Straight away. Knocked it out the park, blew my head off. Every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm the galaxy brain meme. I feel like I'm ascending to another plane. (laughs) And it's it's kind of weird because I was never really into Gex beforehand. Mm. I I loved... like I love them in interviews. I love Laura Les. I love her song uh, "Haunted" that she did solo. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't until this album that it kind of clicked for me. And now I'm going to get tickets day one. Can't wait to see these tracks live. It's so silly. It's so dumb, but it's so well done. Ah, oh, it's great. Is is this the one that's got "Dumbest Girl Alive" on? Dumbest Girl Alive. Yeah. Right. Okay. That yeah. Because <laughs> because that popped up in my release radar thing the other day, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> this I'm going to have to listen to this because I really? bounced off them immediately when I heard them, as I'm sure most people did, because they're very weird. But <laughs> your enthusiasm tells me that I need to listen to this a little bit later. Oh, I- Josh has got good music taste. He really does. Like <laughs> the amount of bands that he uh, that he comes up to me, and I'm like, I've never heard of this, but the name alone has got me intrigued. <laughs> hey, when you uh, listen to the 100 Gex songs about having your teeth pulled out at the dentist, <laughs> and one about a frog that's kind of invaded your space, uh, maybe you'll regret saying those words, Jules. But we'll, we'll see. I'll come in and I'll have like eyes that look like supernovas and I'll just be like, I have seen the 100 Gex, Josh, and I cannot see anymore. 101 Gex were seen. Um, speaking of absolute smash hits, let's talk about wrestling matches because I know that Sai is a big wrestling mark, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, filthy mark. Melody mark. Filthy mark. I know that, Josh, you, you kind of are on the periphery of this on, on uh, wrestling, aren't you? Yeah, I'm like I just want to see what the answer to this question is because I'm like I'm mm. someone obviously we work around so many people who do wrestling content. Sai yourself, mm. you do wrestling mm. content, you know, and I'm kind of I have this like detached interest in it where I'm like really yeah. interested in the business, but I don't actually right. watch the product. So like with all the stuff of WrestleMania, with all the stuff of like, you know, the the sale that's happening, I've been watching our content. I've been watching Andy Murray's videos to kind of keep up with what's going on because I'm so fascinated about that. But I don't actually watch the show. It's I'm... so funny because they're like so passionate about their content that you just get like enraptured in mm. it. You're just kind of like, I don't know half of these New Japan people that you're talking about, but I know that that guy hates that guy and I want him <laughs> to go down for it. Well, it's crazy how like the wrestling lingo, the wrestling lexicon has sort of just through osmosis made it into my vocabulary like like using mark there or using like pop to express the fact yeah, that yeah. you've popped big at something you know and i, I don't yeah. even know the context of most of this stuff i use like heel turn <laughs> and kayfabe and news videos and i'm just like i'm a i'm a pretender is what i am but i want to hear from the experts yeah sorry what's your, what's your uh, uh match of the year so far wrestling's amazing like that because it has its own language and yeah there's nothing else like it because you can you can absolutely just follow the business side of it and not what the ma- watch the matches and be like this is wild like what the hell um in terms of favorite match so far this year i'm going to pick a really easy one uh which is mjf versus brian danielson 60 minute iron man match um 60 chaotic is yeah 60 minutes is a long time for a wrestling match um, even some hardened fans like myself are like, oh, I'm not sure I can sit through a 60. You have to be really good for you to want to sit through an hour of one match. The TikTok generation is like, where's the kinetic sand? Where's Subway <laughs> Surfers? <laughs> exactly. So when it, well, I mean, all that to say, when it's good, it's really good. And that goes for all wrestling in general. But when it, like a 60 minute match sounds awful. But to say it's the best match of the year so far for me should really kind of spell it out. It had a little bit of everything, uh, for sure. It was booked to perfection. There's a lot of good stuff out there so far this year. There's a lot of weird stuff happening as well, admittedly. Um, oh, yeah. I'm loving the fact that Andrew Ryan's come back to uh, to lead uh, WWE, a.k.a. Vince McMahon's new look. Uh, what <laughs> did, he, did he play Bioshock 1 and think that Andrew Ryan was the good guy? I have no <laughs> idea what he is on about with this look. He looks... I can't even say what I think he looks like because it's just bad. Bad news. Bad news bear. 100%. Okay. We don't need to get into it, but very obviously, it's all a distraction. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. everyone talks yeah. about his stupid pencil moustache rather than the awful person he is. Yeah. That's literally why it exists. And by us giving it more airtime, that's exactly it's what it's true. It's very true. I think that my uh, wrestling match of the year so far was at WrestleMania, though, um, mm. but only because of the fact that I've been really enjoying the storyline between uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Oh. I enjoyed the payoff to that so much. Now, Josh, to bring you up to speed, 
I'm basically saying that my favourite match of the year was a father wailing on his son, <laughs> just beating the absolute piss out. He even got a belt out at one point, and I was like, oh, hello, this is a bit yes. too far, but okay. <laughs> Legally, is this okay? Um, it, uh, the whole storyline has been building where uh, Rey Mysterio, obviously a bona fide wrestling legend, his son is a little... Oh, <laughs> he's a horrible little boy. He's a nasty little boy. And uh, he's been teaming up with uh, basically Rey Mysterio's enemies and constantly will ruin Rey's matches, get in his way, say that he doesn't like the legacy, say that he's not proud of him. He doesn't want to be associated with him, but will continually trade on the Mysterio name in order to get himself places where it suits him. Uh, he's been sent to jail, and I use that in heavy air quotation marks there. And he's come back out, and the dad's like, I've had enough. I've had enough, because I'm going to whoop your butt in front of thousands and thousands of people live here. And it was a match. It was so <laughs> satisfying. So satisfying I, for all the right reasons. Your recap of that story, just like I've been a wrestling fan for however long, you've just resold me on something I already loved. Just hearing it, like, <laughs> there should be people listening to that that go, do you know what? I should probably check that out, because again, <laughs> What else can give you that kind of entertainment? <laughs> yeah. Jules, it's, it's, uh, mind-blowing. Just please tell me uh, that someone came out and just went, congratulations, Ray. <laughs> you got, got a son. son. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was old pencil in my mustache before. Yeah, so um, yeah, there we go. That's been our uh, game, album, and wrestling match of the quarter. I'll ask, I'll ask Josh if he's got a wrestling match um, that is his favorite. Um, I was watching The Walking Dead season 11 and there was a wrestling match in that <laughs> just to show you how far that show has, you know, fallen. Wow. So I want to go that way. What? Yeah, is it, well, there's a bit in The Walking Dead season 11 at this point. They've kind of begun to rebuild civilization and they do a right. wrestling match in the town square. And as far as I'm aware... You two will be able to figure this out if you if I, I'll send you pictures of the scene afterwards because I think the okay. wrestlers themselves are real mm. life wrestlers either from WWE or AEW. Adam Nicholas was taught me their names. I've since forgotten about it, but that's that's my match. It was uh, okay. it wasn't it was weird, strange. I'm <laughs> looking at it right now. Walking Dead season eleven episode eighteen. Which former WWE superstar appeared in it? I'm gonna take well, a guess before you say it. Is oh yeah, okay. It, cool, is cool, it Johnny cool. Mundo, Johnny Nitro, well, you know whatever name he's got, Johnny Impact, whatever name he's going by. John, uh, Morris, John Morrison, I guess they probably called him. Oh, see, that would have been a good one because he's everywhere. He's in everything. <laughs> so. he, was, he, did, he did the Creator Clash, um, or he's doing the Creator Clash, which is like a boxing match it. between YouTubers. I, I'm just like, okay, fair enough. Um, Percy Jackson, now oh, going yeah. by the real name of Nick McNeil. Uh, okay. that's, he's, he's in there. Yeah, that, I, right. I, I think he's in NXT. Right. Yeah, he's in, he was a former NXT mm. uh, star. So, yeah, uh, good for him. I'm glad that he's still getting work uh, <laughs> out there in the apocalyptic future of The Walking Dead, season 11, episode 18. Watch it now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In with a brand new question. That was a girthy one indeed with Milky Way Rob who asks, what is the worst microtransaction that you've ever bought for a game? It's a oh tough boy. one, though. I mean, I know one uh, um, in terms of my uh, greasiness value. I should never have bought the Valkyria Chronicles 4 uh, swimsuit DLC, but I did. <laughs> I, that, that, it, it, was an, it was an episode that came with the swimsuit DLC. That's how I'm justifying it, because I got more action in the game. It just happened to be that it was set at the beach with them. They're, 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 they're anime women. You can do uh, two and two together on that. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a bundle, Jules. It definitely wasn't an individual <laughs> purchase, I'm sure. It was a bundle that I repeatedly, I clicked it three times to make sure that I deselected it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you which microtransaction I'm about to buy. Um, the the romance outfits, I think they're referred to for Ashley and Leon in Resident Evil. Mm. I love the way Leon looks in that. I, lo- I love his hair. I love I love the look of it. I can't wait to play that game again with that. But the worst I've bought has to be mm. spending any money at all on Call of Duty Warzone. And in oh. low periods over the pandemic, the only thing that would make me happy was a red skin for an M4 assault rifle in Call of Duty Warzone that fired red bullets. <laughs> I just wanted to fire like lasers in Call of Duty. I thought that was going to be really fun. So I spent the equivalent of £16 on that. And Whoa. Uh, wow. Again, it was a bundle. So you got some skins with it. You got some charms with it. But I just really wanted the red laser yeah. rifle bullets. <laughs> um, so that was a low period and, and, the, and the sick thing about it is i'd probably do it again i just the, the flashiness of the gun is <laughs> now just, with blue uh, blue I want, lasers yeah <laughs> blue i'd be a blue i recently bought a purple one i mean oh, i just want no, all the colors no. well okay so how, how much enjoyment did you get out of it in terms of like the hour the money spent versus the hours of enjoyment because can you really regret something if you pay like five quid for it but you get a good evening's worth of joy out of it like that's that's less than it would take you to go and buy like a mcdonald's meal you know yeah, it's gonna a, fill you up for longer it's a good point i mean in terms of hours spent on that game specifically it was literally in the hundreds of hours so i got in terms of value i saw that laser rifle a lot but <laughs> what did i need it did i actually get enjoyment out of it did i even see the lasers you know did, did i i don't probably not maybe not it's too fast you know i'm too scared <laughs> about getting shot by some other enemy on the other team you know so it's it's a tough one it's a tough one i don't know if it would hold up in the court of law in terms of enjoyment <laughs> but you know it is what it's, it is it's it's the people versus josh brown yeah. <laughs> all the people he shot with the laser rifle <laughs> yeah he's cheating did you hear about the um that there was like a dlc or an expansion that you could get no it wasn't an expansion it was a gun mod you could get for a apex legends i believe that extended the length of the gun and it made players using it easier to spot so it was actually a dlc that if you bought or sorry a microtransaction that if you bought it actually was pay to lose in some sense which hey is jules gill i you're think there's context. a list in there <laughs> <laughs> congratulations fontaine you got a list <laughs> so what's the worst thing that you've spent money on microtransaction mine's was? a weird one because i'm quite I tend to be quite frugal for the most part, especially with microtransactions. I don't, I haven't really dipped into too much ever. With the one sole exception where it all went horribly wrong was Rock mm-hmm. Band. Um, oh, oh yeah. Some friends oh, yes. and I really, really, really got into Rock Band. I mean, really, like we had a list of what songs we'd hundred percented and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, nerd alert. Uh, <laughs> we we got to the point where it was like, you know, there are only so many songs on the disc, and they start doing downloadable content, and that's fine. I don't regret buying downloadable content. We had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. We all decided, rather than each download our own downloadable content on our own hard drives and then have to swap it, let's just put make sure it's all on one hard drive, all on oh. one account. 
So it's all one person's, and then that person moved out of the country. <laughs> oh, and they, what, did, what, did they just go like, right, that's mine, no questions about yeah, it? it was kind of, when there's, what could they do? Like, we had our time with it, but once he decided to leave the UK, it was kind of like, well, it looks like I'm never playing Clouds Over California again or whatever, you know? Litigation comes out. Uh, every time you play this on Rock Band 2, you owe the rest of the band 0. 0.002 yes. pennies, or what we are now, now known as the Spotify exclusive for payments that's for right. artists. Where's our royalties? Yeah, exactly. I loved the DL selection on the likes of Rock Band because I hated the way that Guitar Hero approached it. They only did it in packs so it was like a case of, mm. oh yes you, you get the, the new metal pack and it's like, I don't want half of the songs on here, I just want one, but you're charging me like maybe, what was it, seven, eight quid or maybe even more at the point there? Something Whereas like the that, yeah. Rock Band, it was individual songs, so you go I don't like that one but I like all the rest of this thing and I do get a discount if I buy them all together as a pack, which I was like cool, fine, happy it, with that. Here's a forgotten thing about that era, especially with early rock band as well it was before online game stores just let you pay with cash you had to buy microsoft points and stuff like that so they would always cheekily make it a certain amount of points so you had some left over and you're like well i better put some more on oh look i can get another song like you know and sort of as i say it spiraled very fast Weirdly enough, did you know that they are still releasing content for Rock Band? Um, uh, yes, yeah. I haven't which is, which kept up with it, but yeah, they are somehow still, I guess, above the water. Because <laughs> it's um, we're at Rock Band 4, four now, yeah. and the latest one that came out was, why don't we hazard a guess? Uh, it's in the pop punk slash pop rock era. We mentioned them earlier. One of oh, the, it's Fallout uh, Boy then, isn't it? There's one of them. Yeah, and yeah. who are, were Fallout Boy very closely associated with the, with the um, what was it called? A Fueled by Ramen music label? You had them. Panic I'll just ruin it for you. Oh, oh, I was uh, going to say, it's Panic or Paramore, right? It was Paramore, yeah. I think I got it wrong. I don't know if Fueled by Ramen actually had them on the thing there. But they still, did. Paramore with oh. Misery Business, and this is why. Well, you waited Misery this, Business just this long. came to Rock Band after this 20 long. years. <laughs> this <laughs> long for them to come out there. Ridiculous. I'm looking through the other stuff that's here now, and oh boy, there's um, there's some... Real Choices. deep cuts, we'll just say <laughs> for these. There, I'm wondering if maybe the artist kind of dried up a little bit mm-hmm. uh, since in the years since we were big fans of it. Although I am seeing the fact that oh, the likes of Hollywood Undead are still propping up that store. Oh, hey, <laughs> and Cheryl Crow, good for her. Right, okay, so there we go. We'll move on from that question now, and we're going to go to Fabio Spieler, who says, due to getting air quotes old and having a huge backlog, I'm starting to feel annoyed by the sheer amount of content and playtime that modern games tend to have. Will we ever get some healthy 10 or maximum 20 hours experiences for us people with a job to enjoy? Now, that is the, that is the thing. Being crippled by choice in the modern era of gaming is a very common asset. I mean, a a common feature. I'd say, what's your pile of shame looking like with your (laughs) Steam libraries or your your plastic tangible libraries at the moment? Because my Steam library is in the... We're in the thousands of games at this point, and I've definitely not played, definitely not played even half of them. I'm so glad that I don't have Steam, so I don't have that library staring at me, so I don't have the summer sales that I'm going to indulge in every time. At least when I think about my backlog, it's kind of like a intangible thing that I can't mm-hmm, look at mm-hmm. and like quickly add up. So mine's looking big, but it's not it's not there all the time. Uh, right mm. now, I know that I want to go through... Oh, man, well, I want to play Resident Evil 4 again, and I want to play Resident yep. Evil 2, both the original and the remake again. Sure. I want to go through Resident Evil 3 on the PS1. I mean, I bought a PS PlayStation 1 just Legend. for these games. I want to go through Evil Within 2. I'm going to buy Cold Fear. I want a big survival yes, horror. Yes, no, yes, binge. Cold Fear. But it's just like, like, in theory, that sounds great, but I've also got to play games for this job. Otherwise, no one wants to hear me talk about Cold Fear for nine weeks on the podcast. Hey, man, I would. I would definitely. <laughs> I would 100%. If you walked me through piece by piece as like sort of leading a blind man through an experience. Oh, I'd listen, Josh. Oh, I would listen. I don't know. Like, you, really? you two have that like sort of experience of, and I guess, you know, having a job just generally is one thing because it does bite into the amount of time that you have free to play any game. Never mind like... You know, games you you, you want to play, you're excited in and stuff. But, you know, you two being, f- like, you know, full-time video game content creators, like, with an eye for, 
using the stuff that you're playing to integrate it into reviews or lists or podcast mm-hmm. discussions or whatever do you ever find yourself kind of wanting to play something but feeling like you should prioritize it's the it's the biggest one percent problem to have oh no i've got to play oh, yeah. another yeah. game but it's like it kind of gets in your head a little bit where it's like yeah i just want to sit and play resident evil games for the next six months but at the same time like that would make me a less interesting content creator when i want to cover a bunch of new releases and stuff that's coming out right now that since, is uh, bang on, yeah. So I yeah. take it away. Since I've actually only been, you know, I've been with What Culture just under a year. It's certainly something that I've become aware of over time. Like I really should be playing more of X instead of Y. Not things that I don't want to play, but I should be prioritizing my backlist a little bit and being like, instead of playing the same games over and over again or whatever. Like I still haven't played the PS4 Spider-Man game. Whoa, I, okay. I know, right? I only just played God of War 2018 and Ragnarok is on the shelf. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 came with my PS4. I've not touched it. A lot of my backlog is games because they're so long. I'm like, I can't start. I cannot afford to start this. But I feel like I should because they're big AAA games that I should have that knowledge of. (laughs) I've been... I played Persona 5. It took me like 120 hours. Oh, man. That's a girthy game as well. The problem is, though, that the Royal version came out with all the expanded content. So I've started that and it's so far taken me two or something years and I'm halfway through because I keep putting it down and picking it back up and going I really I want to finish this game and be done with it not that I'm not enjoying it but I need to be done with it so I can play something else but the time I'm putting into that is something that I could put in elsewhere you know and it is a nightmare in terms of shorter games though they're out there Mm. it's just indie games and stuff right that's that's how you you say that, but there are some indie games that come along with a very, very simple premise. Well, like, uh, is it like Valheim? And you just go like, oh, I'll be done with this in a week. And then it's like <laughs> three months later. It's like, oh, no, I died. That, like, it's it's a really hard one to press because I love playing video games and I would do so gladly every single hour of the day if I had the time. But like you say, choosing which one to play for are the betterment of what culture as a whole does factor into how we choose it because I've stopped playing Marvel Midnight Suns even though all of the DLC has come out for uh, that game or at least the first wave of season uh, stuff has come out. I really want to play it but I can't be I can't do it because it will take time up away from talking about other games or upcoming stuff that's coming out. Mm. I am notoriously behind the times when it comes to big AAA stuff anyway. I usually wait until the game of the year version comes out before I jump on the bandwagon and then experience everything that game has to offer. But this time I'm trying to stay at least slightly more current and mixing it in with indie titles. But like Fabio says, like we need more 10 to 20 hour experiences like the resident evil 4 remake is wondrous because of the fact it hits that mark so Mm. beautifully and it's not going to be another elden ring experience where i feel like it's 70 hours in and i haven't even gotten through the main story once like it's yeah absolutely i think you know now in this old age of near 30 that i'm currently at you know i do find myself you know when i'm when i'm jumping into a new game if i'm weighing over options the first resource that i check out isn't a review it's how long to beat.com yeah. and i see oh, right, yeah. how long the game is going to take me on average you know there are so many games that i want to jump into that i've talked about to death on the windup especially but in videos you know judgment yakuza persona that i want to experience but if I'm weighing up my time, those games are 40, 50, 70, 100 hours mm-hmm. each. Mm-hmm. And I like completing things. I'm not someone who, you know, gets enjoyment out of leaving something half finished. I'm not a big dipper, as Scott Tilford likes to call it. Big dipper. Jumping into a bunch <laughs> of different games and being able to just say, no, I'm done when the, when the when the fun stops, stop. You know, I like to see things through. So for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for those 10-hour games, those 20-hour games that I know I can finish and get a complete mm. experience and really enjoy it without the anxiety of wondering, oh, no, how, am I getting in the weeds of it? How long have I got to go? Like, is this a good use of my time? It's uh, Maybe I need some, uh, some, some professional help for this anxiety. I don't know. Well, a, gra- a great example of what happened to you with, was uh, Days Gone. Because you were like, I know this game is 6 out of 10. Like, I, I, I'm playing it just to see it through at this point. And by the end of it, you're like, no, I had a great time overall. But there was maybe about 
you you spent what 50 hours total yeah. was it Dears and then you were like about me. 10 of that you could have just taken away of just being busybody work yeah. you were just like i didn't enjoy that aspect of it i i feel like i've genuinely like got a little bit of a, a revisionist history with that game i was talking about it to my uh, partner the other night and i was saying you know we're watching something a days gone popped up and i, I, I said you know I, I i could play days gone again days gone was pretty Whoa, good okay and she looked at me and said like are you mad? I was here when you were playing Days Gone. I know what you went through playing Days Gone. I know how much you en- did not enjoy huge stretches of that game. And that's true. On the, on the whole, I really enjoyed it. But there's a one point towards the end when you're about 30 hours in where, the, where it gives you a whole new map. And I've never felt more deflated oh, because I thought I was getting to the end. I thought I was getting yeah. wrapped up. And then when some, when a game just throws you a lot of filler like that, and a lot of it was, it just kind of it hits the momentum. It kind of breaks it a little bit and you just it kind of it kind of drains you because you want to move on but you've seen it this far through so you want to you know you want to finish it they absolutely did us dirty when uh what was it it was it shadow of war or shadow of mordor i can't remember which one it was where you got to nearly the very end of the game and then it went hey champ look right over here is the final chapter but before you unlock that bit you're going to need to do tons and tons of base defense management and taking over hostile territories and i was like you are kidding me i love this game up until this point and then as soon as it just said no 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 the the ending's gated off from you for a while for another 10 hours at least i was like i'm done with this game i haven't mm. finished that game because i bounced off of that so hard i don't know what you two think it. about uh like it impacting the replayability of a game as well because you know it's i you were just saying there about how you're like six runs into resident evil 4 and that thing's just come out i don't even want to ask how many times you played the original resident evil 4 because i'm scared of the answer you know but (laughs) part of the joy of those games is that the fact that they're kind of made with that replayability in mind they're they're made to be speed run and they're made to be kind of like mastered in that way but a big game like the witcher 3 i've played twice but this the only reason i played that again was because we were in a a global lockdown and i suddenly had time to play a hundred hour experience again but you know i i I always want to go back to fallout 3 or fallout 4 but will i i always want to go play skyrim again but do I have the energy and motivation to play 100 hours yeah. of Skyrim again like for those big games? And I, it's a bit of a shame because I kind of feel like I'm uh, missing out on in continuing to enjoy those experiences in the same way that I do mm. a Resident Evil or a, or a Last of Us. Mm. When uh, during lockdown, I 100%ed Horizon Zero Dawn and I loved it enough that not only did I just run through the game and do the main quest, I 100%ed it from scratch again um have Whoa. i had a chance to do that with the sequel the dlc comes out in a week and a half i've played through the sequel once i don't even think i've 100 it i'd love to play it again but again like i know i know i keep going yeah i'd love to do it again it's not gonna happen though i know it's yeah. not gonna happen i wonder if like these massive games they just look at it and go look we make this story this well-crafted story and we're selling the idea of content whereas other games these 10 to 20 hour experiences they're selling the replayability and the actual chance to complete it i'm fully of the mindset that i would love to see more 10 to 20 hour video games come out because i love the feeling of finishing a game and seeing it through to the end there's nothing worse than like you say josh getting to the third chapter and being like hey look here's everything brand new again you just go I don't, I literally don't have the time. I've got Warhammer to paint. Come on. Like, <laughs> I'm a busy man sitting around doing nothing. That's it. And I do think it's sort of, uh, everyone sort of has a different perspective on it because when I was younger or even when I was in university, you know, I would feel burned if I'd spent, you know, hard earned money that my dad earned and then reluctantly gave me once in a while to buy a new game that was over in, you know, six hours. Like, I wanted games mm. to be as long as possible then, but it's just, it depends on your lifestyle. It depends what, how you know, your financial situation, how much money you're spending on these admittedly incredibly pricey and soon to be even pricier games. I think it's just, you know, it's it's entirely dependent on that. But like we were saying there, you know, the less time you have and the kind of like older you get, you want those yeah. almost shorter experiences. Time yeah. is a resource. It's all how down to you want to spend it, really, isn't it? So uh, that Perfectly was almost a sentence. We'll be in our 60s, right? And it will be a case of uh, the games we'll be looking for then will be uh, 10 minutes maximum. <laughs> It'll be like getting in, getting in a game of solitaire on the lunch break, and that's the most that we can do. Um, let's round out this podcast uh, with a question from Andrew J who says, carrying on from last week, when it comes to AI-generated dialogue, who do you think would own the copyright, person using it, or person who owns the program? Because 
unless we constitute the AI being self-aware enough to register as having an identity and therefore ownership, like you remember that monkey who took a photo of himself with the uh, guy's camera? That monkey owns that footage, uh, by the way. That, that he won, the monkey won the lawsuit, which he's literally made a, a monkey out of that man, which is hilarious. Um, but, but with this, I'm not entirely sure if the AI is like saying, I'm alive. I, like, I've certifiably proven through all of your sort of Turing tests that I am considerably alive. I own this dialogue now. That's but, interesting. But you I input think the dialogue, the question, I don't know. The question I think is more asking who owns it, the person that wrote the AI or the company that used the AI, but yeah, you've inserted it's... a third factor in Yeah, that. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'm AI not... owns it. <laughs> yeah, the AI owns everything. I guess the company, the company who contracts somebody to make it, if they did it that way, it's theirs because it's the case of like anything you make under our roof while you're an employee by us is owned by the company. That seems to be quite a lot in a lot of boilerplate uh, stuff mm. or um, uh, a lot of contracts. But if it's an outside program that they add in, say like it's a Unity engine expansion that comes from a third party, do they own it? But then it could be replicated again by the AI itself saying, make this AI dialogue generator again with a different name. <laughs> The AI it, stuff. Uh, I don't know how you two have feeling about brain. this. It's 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 frazzling, it's frazzling the old, mm. old brain box. I'm not smart enough to get into the legalities of does an AI own a copyright or does the rights holder of that AI hold, hold mm. the copyright? And, uh, if I knew the answer to this question, I think I'd be a lot richer. I think I'd be in a, maybe <laughs> yeah, right. a different sector. You know what I mean? I, I, you know what I'm saying? I guess you can't ever say that it owns it outright because the AI operates off of information that comes from the internet. So it has to exist for it to draw information from. Therefore, it always can be traced back to a single human imprint, in theory, mm. unless it draws it from another AI that is designed solely to create new content. This, oh my God. this is the, the interesting thing, right? Because I know we're talking about you know like dialogue and the written word here and stuff, but obviously one of the biggest controversies around AI art is that it pulls in, mm. you know, mm -hmm currently available art that people have published that people own the copyright to and making this amalgamation and it's kind of like a copyright nightmare because people are rightly so getting like outraged about it because their work their work that's been copyrighted their work that they've produced is now being amalgamated into this corporate thing so i imagine with this case similar issues have to pop up right like right. surely and it's if i was you know if I was an artist and I, I really wish I had the talent to be one, you know, and my work was being used in that way and was being, especially being used by a big company in that mm, way, mm, mm. Uh, that wasn't crediting me or wasn't, you know, knocking back royalties to me for that work, I'd be, I'd be incensed. I'd be uh, fuming. I would. You got to think of it as well in that it's always operating off of an algorithm. It's always operating off of a set of rules, no matter how complicated those rule sets might be. So therefore, you may end up with the very fringe case of, uh, you know, they say like a million monkeys hitting a thousand typewriters will eventually write Shakespeare. There's the opportunity to say that could happen in more than one location. So say you've got a RPG that's made in Japan and then you've got NBA 2K43 or whatever we're on, right? They both operated NPC dialogue generators from completely different sources, from completely different things, writing them themselves. There is a chance that the exact words that come out of those NPCs' mouths may be exactly the same, like a sentence that is so particularly imprintive that it would say, oh, that's from that game. Like it's a quotable line, right? But it may appear in both games simultaneously without those two parties ever having interacted. Now, who sues who for copying who? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, how do, how do you say who owns that? Because what if a merchandise piece was made off of that one quotable line? Yeah, I never thought about that. It to that extent, you know, it becoming a something that the brand is known for that the brand mm. trades off that actually gets the brand popular not just sort of like background dialogue that you know half the people paying playing don't pay attention to because they're listening to listening to podcasts at the same time but something <laughs> integral to the experience i wonder whether we get there in a few years because this tech is obviously so 
you know, in, it's so in its infancy right now mm. that we are only using it for this kind of back these background functions. But mm. it might get to the point where, like you say, yeah, it kind of becomes a defining feature of these games and is sophisticated enough to come up with something catchy and it gets over and then it becomes the central part of the brand. That's a terrifying reality. Yeah, I know, That's right? really yeah. dystopian and I'm, I'm scared of that, but it's not entirely out of the uh, realm of possibility, is it? Like, I'm totally looking forward to the future of gaming, whatever it holds. But at the same time, I am so scared of what the future of gaming will hold for everyone. So, yeah, that's a perfect way to end the UB3, I feel, <laughs> on that beautiful, lovely note. Thank you, everyone who submitted uh, questions for this uh, super stacked episode. And also, thank you to Josh Brown and to Sai for joining me here today on the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. If you've got social medias, now's the time to plug them. Sai. At Sinyak underscore one, two, three. And Joshy boy. At Josh Brown. Oh, man. It's Josh Brown, but it's like B-R-O-O-W-N. That's all it is. It's just, I've never found a catchy way to say that. I've been here seven years almost. Never found a catchy way to say it. <laughs> I remember the Josh Brune era. That was quite fun. It, I, I, I did that, but then people just like used O's instead of, uh, no, <laughs> used zeros instead of O's. So it was just, it was more confusing than it was. It was like a nice little catchy thing, but didn't work. <laughs> You can't see this, but Sai shook her head. Just said, who would do that? Who would use zeros in a username? Uh, that's me, a retro J, but the O is a zero over on Instagram and Twitter over there. So enjoy, enjoy, follow us all. And I look forward to the call for questions uh, next Thursday because we'll all be back in. Hopefully we'll be able to do another UB3 or we'll do another rotation of guests. But big love to you all. Thank you for submitting your questions and we'll see you all soon. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.